All right, we're continuing on in our discipleship training. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moving right along. We've been at this for a minute. How long has it been? Two years. Two years. It's been two years? Yep. Two years in November. Two years in November? Oh, my goodness. How time flies. Another year and a half to go, at least. Oh, wow. Training, <laughs> uh, well, I hope somebody learning something. <laughs> you know, hallelujah. All right, so here it is. You know, we're going to start off as always with the precursor to every lesson, which is the world of scripture. This poem called The World of Scripture because it truly, it truly uh, um, pictures, you know, what we're dealing with. It says, Welcome to my world. Place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, you're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here, swords are likened to the word, or demons of bird, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place where in the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, and later found that to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place. The awesome world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen for Rock Aquadash is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. All right. So we're still in, still dealing with the um El, with the call of Abram when Elohim called Abram. And so we're dealing with uh the story of Abram, you know, and so we left off uh at the end of chapter 15 and so today we're going to pick it up with chapter 16 you know and genesis 16 1 says now sarai or sarai abram's wife bare him no children and she had an handmaid an egyptian whose name was hagar now you know just you know um i I don't know. In one of the lessons, um, you know, I get them mixed up. I, I know I spoke about how important this was culturally speaking in their day, you know. And so, you know, like, like that was the duty of of the the ancient wife was to provide a son for her husband. And so, you know, to do so would be, you know, a failure, you know, a failure in life. And likewise, for a man to die without a son, you know, would 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 be a face worse, worse than death because it would be as if he died twice. And if he was the only son of his family, then it was like he died thrice. It was, it was, it was really, really bad because you know, not only did he did, did he expire physically, his life force expired because he didn't have no son to carry it on, and he put a halt to all the um, life forces of his forefathers. And so that was just like a huge dishonor, you know? And so they would, you know, they, they really would go out their way not to have that happen. And so here it is, you know, with that understanding, you can maybe under, you see why some of the women in scripture did some of the things they did, you know, such as what, what we're about to see with, uh, with, with Sarai and Hagar, you know, now, so, Sarai speaks to my princess. Hagar speaks to flight or runaway. All right? All right. Would be disciples. Tell me something about this. Um, tell me something about what this passage is saying that is contained with 
within the words and not on the surface. One more time, I need someone to tell me something concerning this passage. What's the, what is this passage talking about outside of face value? The father's wife. Say again. Abram's wife. children, so is that representing representing the priest? The priest or ecclesia what? Wasn't fruitful. Okay, I can roll with that. Okay, which priest? One of the executive father. <laughs> One of the exalted, the exalted fathers, yeah. um, priest. Yeah. Yeah. Which priest? The high priest. Which high priest? The Levites. No. Melchizedek. Melchizedek. I know you got that by process of elimination, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but why, but but think about that. Why would it be the priesthood of Melchizedek? Because they forgot him, which was a person. He's not of, he's not of the Israelites. Because Hagar is not of the Israelites. <clears throat> there are no Israelites as of now. Eli doesn't exist. I mean, her name well, is well, well, her name is a princess. Levitical priesthood doesn't exist yet. No, no it doesn't. You know, um, you know. Nevertheless, the representation does. You know, but no, that's not how you would know. Not the princess. Not that she's royal. Because she's royal. She's 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 um she's. Okay. Yeah. So. So so yeah yeah the royalty will will give it away because she's a princess and Melchizedek you know is a is a king you know so um, yes that that's that's a definitely um, a big a big hint that's a big clue you know and so you know that's that's an, that's enough really to make the determination but you know. Um, so we, we know like dealing with Auburn, we're dealing with the exalted father. We're mm -hmm. talking about the ex an, an exalted father, high father, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what the name Auburn means, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so, you know, his princess, you know, would, would be his female ruler because a prince is a ruler. So a princess is a female ruler, mm -hmm. all right? You know, so how do we know we're talking about a priesthood, though? Say again? Because she's a wife. Absolutely. Because she's a wife. That's how we know we're dealing with a priesthood. And because, you know, she's a princess, we know we're dealing with a royal priesthood. Mm -hmm. Okay? And 
there's only one royal priesthood that scripture speaks of. Mm -hmm. So it has to be the priesthood of Melchizedek. Everybody with me? Yeah. yeah. All right. You know, now we know what's about to happen, you know. Um, so what else can we see here? Has a servant. Yes, she absolutely has a servant. Yeah, that's kind of what that word handmade means. Yep. Yes, but bondage. Say again. Bondage. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, she has a uh you know, a, a, a servant or a slave or one that's in bondage, you know, whose name was Hagar. Now, you know, we know what, what she's going to do with Hagar, right? Mm -hmm. So what would Hagar represent? Leading them into bondage? No. Life? What was that, Allison? Life. Absolutely. So it speaks to what? Which one? Yes. The Levites. The Levites, the Levitical no. priesthood, absolutely. Can you see this? No. Okay, I need you to put your um, discipleship hat on. <laughs> you know, because we've been talking about this stuff all the way through. It's been, you know, a couple of years now and should be catching hold of some, grabbing hold, hold of some of this stuff, okay? Wife represents priesthood. <laughs> Right? Mm -hmm. Sarah's a wife, right? Yeah. She's going to give Hagar to Abram to be to be his wife, right? Right. You know, so we have two wives with, we have two what? Priesthood. Can you see that now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Donna? Oh, yeah. Well, you don't want to say it, you ain't said it. You can man it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> saying like, yeah, like, like I didn't have a problem. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to make certain you got it. Yeah. You got a sister Panther? Yes. All right. Okay. Thank you. Connor? All right. Okay. So here it is. We, we see two wives. We see two priests. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. What's the difference between these two wives? One's in bondage. One's royalty and one's royalty. One's in bondage. All right. So we, we we see this, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We see two priesthoods, one free, one bound. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, the reason that I'm going through all this is because I want you to understand how Paul saw what he saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in Galatians 4, 22 through 25, it says, for it is written, that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gender of the bondage, which is um, Hagar, and 
For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and Asherah to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, how do you think that Apostle Paul was able to determine this? It's right here in Genesis 16.1, if you have eyes to see it. And this is one of the ways he would have known that this allegory, that he would have been able to understand this allegory. Everybody still with me? Yes. All right, now let's consider what he's saying. He said, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, hello, Hagar, mm -hmm. and the other by a free woman, hello, Sarah. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Now, but he of the free woman was by promise. All right. Now, he tells us these are allegories. Mm -hmm. These speak to the two covenants, right? Mm -hmm. Old covenant, new covenant, right? All right. The one from Mount Sinai was ginger up to bondage, which is Hagar. Who is he speaking of? The Israelites. He's speaking concerning the Israelites. From Mount Sinai, which ginger up to bondage, is Hagar. For Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. And answer up to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Now, when he wrote this, Israel, or the house of Yahuda, who, who encompassed Israel at that time, you know, was in bondage to Rome. Were they not? Yeah. You know, now. It's, and he says they answer up to Jerusalem. Well, who was in Jerusalem? The priesthood. You know, and so, and he says, and they're in bondage with her children. Okay? So, what is this teaching us about physical Israel? Well, yes, they're... they're not so much that they're in bondage now, but they were in bondage. But what else does it teach us? Their covenant keeps them in bondage. But not so much that their covenant keeps them in bondage. You know, but it does tell us tell us something about the Israelite people. They're still on the covenant. There's two covenants for them. Say again. Well, yeah, the answer to Jerusalem, but no, that that's you know, what does it say about them as a people? They are likened unto unto whom? They are likened unto whom? If they're if they're if they're if they're um supposed to be 
the children of Hagar, they're likened unto whom? Ishmael. Ishmael. Exactly. They're likened unto Ishmael. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, in Mount Sinai is Hagar. And and uh, answer if the, the if Mount Sinai is Hagar and Ginger of to bondage, you know, and is in bondage with her children, then Israel has to be likened unto Ishmael because Hagar only had one son, which was Ishmael. You know, at least that's scripturally that we know of, right? You know, so. If we follow along with this, then Israel is a type of Ishmael. Can you, you understand? Can everybody follow me? You got that, Yashi? All right. Now, because that's important, you know, because if you can't, if you can't see these things, then you're not going to understand the intricacies, you know, and so. This is what this is what Paul is, is telling us, and this is what Genesis 16 1 is actually telling us. All right, so I pray that all can see that Paul is speaking of physical Israel and is likening them to Ishmael. All right. Now, Galatians 4 26 and 27 goes on to say, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Hello, Sarah, which is the mother of us all. Now, who is who is the us in this statement? Those of Messiah. Absolutely. So now we're talking about another group of people. Ones that are born to Jerusalem from above. Now, it says, for it is written, verse 27, for it is written, rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate have many more children than she which have a And so, basically it's saying that um, Jerusalem, i.e. Sarah or Jerusalem, would end up having more children than Hagar even had. Now, this is why in Revelations um, chapter 7, we, we only see 144,000 attributed to the 12 tribes of Israel. Hmm. But a great multitude which no man can number attributed to Yahshua. Hmm. See that? Hmm. Make sense? Yeah. You know, now, Galatians 4, 28 through 31. Now we, brethren, talking about us in Messiah, right? Now we, brethren, as Yisak was. Now, stop right there. Physical Israel are, is as whom? Ishmael. But those of us in Messiah are as whom? Isaac. Right? Everybody with me? All right. Now, he goes on to say, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Stop right there. 
do you recognize that Isaac was a child of promise? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he was promised to yeah. come yeah. at a time when it was virtually impossible for him to come yeah. outside of divine intervention. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. You know, and Yahshua was promised to come. Mm -hmm. And he came via divine intervention. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can you see these things? Yes. Now, can you see Israel was a many-member body? Yep. Yahshua, a many-member body. Yep. Can you see these parallels? Yep. It's important that you see it. You know, that's the only way it's going to lock in. You know, you have to be able to see the patterns and the parallels that, 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 that put the hooks in it, you know, that locks it in. Now, he goes on to say, verse 29, but as then he that was born after the flesh, who was born after the flesh? Ishmael. Ishmael. Persecuted. But as then he that was that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Ruach. Now, a lot of people want to say there's no spiritual Israel. If there's no spiritual Israel, then what is this passage going here? Him that was born after the spirit is was Isaac. And we're likened unto who? Isaac. Because we're children of the what? Exactly. I, by George, I think they've got it. <laughs> you know, and Paul goes on to say, even so it is now. Then he goes on in verse 30 and says, nevertheless, what say of the scripture? And this is important right here. See, because you have a lot of people who love to claim to be physical Israel. And yeah, they want to they want to say that there's no such thing as spiritual Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, and I try to tell folks, you know, even as the spirit with, with um even as the body without the spirit is dead, you know, if you don't have a spiritual Israel, then whatever physical Israel that's that that exists is dead. Right. Say lie. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, saith the scripture, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Mm -hmm. And this is why when you see them accounted in Revelation, they are separate. You know, they are separate. They shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman. But of the free. Hallelujah. Those of us that's in Yahshua are children of the free. We're children of Sarah. We're children yeah. of New Jerusalem. We answer the New Jerusalem, not, not old Jerusalem. Spiritual Jerusalem, not physical Amen. Jerusalem. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Physical Israel answers to physical Jerusalem. Well, at least they did. Um, Amen? Yeah. You know, now, he says that the bond woman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So we know what happened to keep that from, from um, taking place. Yeah. Yeah. 
the bond woman's son, the bond woman and her son was sent away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you know why the Yahudim was sent away from the children of Yahshua, from Yahshua's life. Can you see it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but children of the free. It should also be clear that Apostle Paul is hereby speaking of spiritual Israel. The which song will tell you, tell you contrary to what scripture teaches doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Spiritual Israel absolutely exists. Yeah. And if it doesn't exist, then we're all doomed. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. Let me have my uh, first reader read Genesis 16, 2 through 6, please. And Sarai said unto Avram, Behold now, Yahuwah hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Avram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. Yahuwah judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her face. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see yeah, Yahuwah restrained uh, Sarah from bearing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so this is why it took so long for New Jerusalem to have a child. Mm-hmm. Now it was said, you know, um, Sarah said, "I pray thee, go in, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Mm-hmm. You know, by any means necessary, we're going to have a child. Mm-hmm. You know, and." We see that turned out to be a mistake, right? right. You know, um, we see in verse three it says, and she gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you think it says to be his wife? Why is that? Why is she called a wife? I think this may be the only place she's actually called a wife, actually. But why do you think she's called a wife here? She doesn't know that it's a priesthood. Absolutely. So that we would know that it's speaking of another priesthood. You know, and he went in, into Agar and she conceived. You know, now the two priesthoods were at, were at odds with one another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, now that the uh now that that the priesthood of Le- the Levitical priesthood, now that you know, she had, she had, she was with child, you know, she despised her master. Mm -hmm. Hmm. She despised her ruler. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, you know, we see in verse um, six, 
says Sarai dealt hardly with her. Woo. If somebody can, can get this, that would be a, um, can anybody, can anybody uh see when um Sarah actually dealt hardly with her? You know what? Now that you know, you know the symbolism. Wait, this was always um relating the Pharisees, the priesthood. Say again. And if um if the um if I say when um Yahusha was was um dealing with the Pharisees and the priesthood, man, because wouldn't Yahusha be of the um free woman? Yeah, but you you you're a little you're a little ahead of yourself because Sarah I haven't had a child yet. Oh, God. You know, um, again. Mm -hmm. huh? question again. What, what's that? Repeat the question. Oh, you know, what What would this be uh, speaking to in scripture? Put her out of the house? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, well, she didn't put her out, but she ran out and said she fled from her face. Because Sarah lied about the promise that she wasn't much place to be. It's just she's been dismissed. Sarah has nothing to do with Yahshua because Yahshua would be the child of Sarah. Sarah is, has not given birth yet. She ran from the exalted father and his wife. Well. When did Sarah deal hardly with her? When she became pregnant, when she conceived. Yeah, but I'm talking about in scripture. You know, this is you know when when did it play out? In Despised scripture? and right. when they were in Mitzrayim. When they were in bondage. When they were in when they were in bondage. Uh, <clears throat> you're warm. In the wilderness. Yeah. No, he's warm. Brother Josh is very warm. That's right. What did you say, Josh? When they were in bondage in this rain? When they... Not judged. On the plagues. Okay, let me give you a hint. You know, where does Sarah live? With, the, with her husband. Where is her and her husband then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I already told you Josh was warm. Say again? When they went into bondage in Canaan? No. Absolutely, yes. That is actually it, even though you're not you know, but why did they go into bondage? And um, it wasn't in Canaan. It was a, it was a Mitzrayim. But why did they go into bondage? What was that? It was the famine. Yeah. Now, how do we know that uh that the famine was from on high? Because he gave it in a dream and told him it was going to happen. That's how it's yeah, I mean, you know, but that, that 
you know, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean it was from him, though. You know, yeah. um, he's just letting them know what's going to happen. When, was, it when, was it when Sarah, when he told Sarah to be his sister and not oh. his wife? Yeah. So maybe they thought Hagar was his wife? No, that happened uh, already. Part of that he told mm -hmm. um, in a dream that they were going to go. Well, yeah, but that was, he told that, to, um, he did tell him that, but, you know, but no, that's not it. Is it because he sent somebody that No. No, how do we know the famine was from on high? Because it bared the mark of the most high. It bared his signature. Um, seven years. Seven years, absolutely. It bared his signature. That was how we know it was from on high. Because it was a seven-year famine. And that was Sarah dealing hardly with Hagar. Mm. Um, now, remember, like, during this time that Sarah was, um, that Sarah was, uh, uh, was running into the wilderness, you know, she, she had just recently conceived. She was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, so it was real early on. You know, we don't know how far along in the pregnancy it was, but we know she was she was still she was still pregnant, you know. Um, you know, likewise when when the uh the famine came, it was in the very early stages of of uh of Israel. You know, so I pray you can see that see that parallel there. But that's when he when she dealt um Sarah dealt hardly with her and she had ran out of the land. Yeah. Into that's right. You know, she fled from her face. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Genesis 6, 7 through 12. My next reader, please. And the angel of Yahuwah found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence comest? Camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of Yahuwah said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of Yahuwah said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, and it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of Yahuwah said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because Yahuwah hath heard thy affliction, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. Uh, they're told to return. She's told to return to her, her mistress and submit herself to her hands. And says, I will multiply that I see exceedingly, you know, so, so on and so forth. You know, I pray that everyone can uh, see how the prophecies concerning Ishmael played out in Israel's life. He truly was a wild man. Yeah. Israel was a wild man, was he not? Mm -hmm. You know, his hand was against every man. It was against the Egyptians. It was against 
It was against uh, uh, the Amalekites in the wilderness. It was against everybody in the land of Canaan that it went into. So you can truly see that he was a wild man. His hand was against every man and every man's hand was against him and said he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. All of them dwelt together, did they not? Yeah. You know, so they truly did dwell in the presence of um, their brethren. You know, uh, let me have my next reader read uh, verses 13 through 16 of Genesis 16, please. And she called the name, and she called the, uh, the name of uh, Yahuwah that spake unto her, Thou Elohim uh, seeth me, for she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beer. It, Dear Lehi, right? Dear Lehi, Rio. Behold, it is between Kadesh and and Beret. And Hagar bare Abraham a son, and Abraham called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram, from fourscore and six years old. When, when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abraham. Mm. All right. So here it is. Hagar brings forth the son, called the son Ishmael, even as the angel um, had, had spoken of. And Ishmael means El will hear. Mm. You know, now I pray everyone can see how Ishmael equals Israel because their 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 lives align really really well you know and I just put together some of the ways that I could see off the top you know um besides what we just saw him being a wild man you know um and that prophecy concerning him which absolutely did align with Israel you know but um they both had Egyptian mothers you know, uh, you know, uh, they they both of their mothers were uh, run away. Well, the Egyptian mothers, you know, Hagar was, was was an Egyptian, and we know that Israel, you know, was uh, really raised in, in Egypt. You know, uh, they only went in seventy, came out six hundred thousand plus women and children. You know, um, now so they both had Egyptian mothers. Um, both of their mothers were runaways, you know, because, uh, you know, Hagar names mean, means to be a runaway or to flee and flee or flight. And we know that Israel fled up out of Mitzrayim in the end, right? You know, they both were firstborn sons. They both were circumcised. Both of their cries were heard of Elohim. Both had 12 sons. Both of their 12 sons became 12 rulers. They both became great nations. They, they both became innumerable multitudes. Both sold their brother Joseph into bondage. Both mocked the promised child. Both were sent away from Abba. Both lived in the wilderness. Both were helped of Yah in the wilderness. 
both died in the world. Hmm. Except. So I pray that you can see how uniquely their lives align. You know, that's all I have for you today. Pray with a blessing. Yeah. 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 Yeah.